welcome to the Data Leadership Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony J. Algman. Data is everywhere in our businesses, and it takes leadership to make the most of it. We bring you the people, stories, and lessons to help you become a data leader. We've partnered with Dataversity to provide listeners with 20% off your first training center purchase with promo code AlgmanDL. Go to dataleadershiptraining.com to learn more. Today on episode 69, we welcome Anna Parker Naples. Anna helps entrepreneurs, experts, and emerging and established leaders stand out in their field. She is the host of the podcast, Entrepreneurs Get Visible, and the best-selling author of Get Visible, How to Have More Impact, Influence, and Income. And she's also the author of Podcast with Impact, How to Launch Your Podcast Properly. On top of that, Anna is an award-winning audio expert, particularly recognized for work in Hollywood. Anna, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So now I'm super intimidated because I'm worried about my audio problems and I'm worried about, <laughs> you know, podcasting. And I'm like, this is this is definitely and we're going to talk about imposter syndrome later, but mm -hmm. it's uh, especially um, nice to have you on the show today. And so what we do with all of our first time guests, and I'd like you to just kind of spend a few minutes giving us a little bit of the story of your career and what led you up to doing all of this work that you're doing now. I've got such a big story that when people start here, there's so much to tell. So I, oh, I started working in audio about 12 years ago as a result of being told that I would never walk again. So that's, that's my opening preface. I'm now fully recovered. But before I had that challenging period of my life, I was an actor. I was on stage. And mm. when I had this terrible, awful situation... I was about as low as you can be, and I went to see um, I went to see a therapist, a hypnotherapist, and an NLP practitioner, neurolinguistic programming, and he really challenged me to think. Well, what would happen if you could be a great performer and be a great mom and earn good money and be in a wheelchair? I, I'd never thought about what that would look like, and what would happen if the doctors were wrong and you could recover. So it really started getting me to think differently about myself and my situation. And one of the things that happened was within a few weeks of me leaving that first conversation, seeing that there were opportunities as an actor to go into the voiceover and voice acting um, segment. And there weren't many people in the UK with home studios 12 years ago. So the audio was just changing to allow us to have great quality audio from home. Six years later, I'm on the red carpets in Hollywood up for my seventh award as an audiobook narrator. I did a lot of work on video games and commercials. And I have this kind of moment of my life has completely changed because I've changed the way I think. And I have to tell people about this. I felt at that moment I was leaving audio behind me and what I was doing was coming into the online space to raise my profile to be a motivational speaker. But along the way, everyone kept saying, Anna, start a podcast. Anna, start a podcast. And so I did. I nipped across the hall and I came into my little studio that used to be my, my airing cupboard and I created a podcast, but I had no idea what to do with it for my business. Move forward on from that. I'm now one of the leading podcasters in the UK in business. We help launch some of the most successful business and personal development shows in the world. Um, and I've helped, helped launch hundreds and hundreds of shows. Um, so there's been quite a, quite a journey there to what I'm doing now. <laughs> That's so amazing. And it's, 
I love it. And podcasting has been a, a fun exercise for me. And it's been just kind of a means to an end. I love having the conversations. I love meeting people. I love business and data and all of these things that I've done throughout my career. But it's so cool when you can take some of these elements that you've done throughout your career. You've got your your audio background, but then you are able to overlay this creativity and this passion that has stemmed from these incredible challenges that you had in your own career. And that like sparks for all of these hundreds of people that that have their own shows now and that you've been able to influence through that. That's got to be just I mean, do do you every day, do you ever have a bad day? Do you ever wake up and you're like, yeah, oh, I don't know if course. I want to do this today? Of course, of course I do. And that's the thing. The mindset work is never done. So obviously I worked really hard at changing my thoughts about my behaviors and my beliefs about what I was able to create for myself <laughs> and trans began to transform my life because audio and voice work gave me hope and it gave me something really positive to focus on. And it gave me an opportunity to excel in a direction. Whereas before I'd never really pushed myself that hard because I didn't think I would ever be successful. Mm -hmm. But what I found is that whereas at that moment in Hollywood where I thought it was going to be me, just, just me being the, that motivational speaker, my knowledge coincided with about audio coincided with the boom of podcasting and so now I have the ability through raising my own profile and getting visible to enable other people to get their own profiles raised but most importantly to me about that is that when important messages are shared that by someone who has a relationship podcast or a life coaching podcast or a business podcast or whatever it is the people who listen, their lives can be changed by listening to audio. And I'm sure that you've had you've had podcasts you've listened to and you know it's made a massive difference. That particular person saying that thing at that time made a difference. And I really do believe that's what we're doing with podcasting. Yes, we build our business profiles, but we're making a difference at a fundamental level. I, I couldn't agree more. And you know, the first time that someone who I'd never otherwise met reached out to me and said, by listening to your podcast, I was able to do this thing that I'd never been able to do before. And thank you for doing that. It was transformative. And and it's mm -hmm. amazing to me that we can reach folks that way. You don't even think about that reality a lot of times because that listener's experience is unique and and we on the other side of that microphone don't necessarily know what they're going through but if we share and we explore and we make this content available for folks sometimes it strikes a chord in ways that we could never have anticipated absolutely. but it really does make a difference it absolutely does and the other thing so we're talking there about the personal difference that it makes i think it's obvious that if you podcast well it can make a professional impact but the other thing is that in terms of building your credibility, when you get podcasting right, when everything's working, this is a medium where you can catapult your personal brand into the charts. So I'm going to share something with you today that I'm really, really genuinely very excited about. We launched a new podcast this morning that's my my third show. Uh, it's called Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. And we've got it to be the top female hosted business show in the UK, right? We launched it less than 12 hours ago. We've knocked wow. people like Gary Vaynerchuk and Amy Porterfield and all these huge names off the charts, right? 
There is no other medium. Now, obviously, I know about how to launch a podcast. That's part of my business. But there's no other medium where you, as as the little guy, can have the potential to put yourself amongst those giants. There's nothing else like it. And, you know, so it's not quite the data, but the numbers, when you get those credibility numbers, they're powerful and they're influential. Definitely. And and I want to dive into that um, in a little bit, but I want to touch on something before we get into kind of the depth of, of launching podcasts and, and some of that. I find that there's so many perspectives and and stories out there that I feel like need some airtime, need to be shared with others. And that's part of the reason why I do my own show. But I also mm-hmm. see there's so many people out there whose voice should be heard and should get out there. And in the first part of that are the logistics and the, the, the basic um, challenges with starting a podcast in the first place. I think a lot of people listen to podcasts, but don't know the first thing about getting one going. And then the second piece is once you've produced some content, how do you get people to actually engage with that? And how do you reach those ears on the other side of the microphone? So the first question that I would have for you is if somebody out there is looking and thinking like, wow, I really want to do this myself. This is something that I've wanted to do. It's time to start doing this. What are the first few steps somebody should take if they're thinking about launching a podcast in the first place? So the the first thing I would think about is what do you want the podcast to do for you? And there's actually three questions in that. The first is what do you want it to do for you personally? What level of credibility or authority are you go- are you personally going after? What kind of doors do you want to open? Because that dis- that decision, I think, allows you to to then make other decisions around how much time and money you are willing to invest. If the answer to that is I want to be the absolute top in my field then your show needs to be well produced. It needs to look the business and you need to make sure the back end things are done. And many of those things, unless you've read read something like my book or someone else's book on podcasting, you wouldn't necessarily know what they were. If, on the other hand, you're doing it because it genuinely is a passion project and you never intend to do anything in terms of building a business or a profile off it, it's because it's a hobby, then I would say it's incredibly easy to plug a microphone into your phone, use a free app and go for it. If you're doing it for business at all, then you want to do it properly because this is a, this is a field where you can excel and you can excel globally. And excelling globally does not mean to need, mean that you have to reach thousands and thousands and thousands of people. So you've got to think about that. And then for my business, what do I want it to do? Is it a lead generator? Is it a community builder? Because there's, there's slightly different things. Is it just that I'm serving my industry in some way so that my face gets out there? Is there a deeper mission behind it? Is that for the company or is that actually for me? And then the third most important thing is why are you podcasting for the listener? Because if you're not thinking about the listener, people might tune in for one episode, but they won't come back. So I think when you've when you've looked at all of those things, you can then make the decisions around how much time, effort and energy you're going to put into it. Uh, but for your business, it's 
it can be an incredibly lucrative thing to do, even if you don't have sponsorship, because of how it draws people towards you. This is so exciting. So it's, I mean, it, it's great to hear your perspective on, you know, having been there and made these successful podcasts. And, and, and I mean, data leadership lessons, we have a relatively niche target market. We have a relatively, mm -hmm. you know, modest listen, listenership, but those passions and the impacts that we're having for that audience, I like to think are, are substantial, but I know that yeah. there's people out there who are also, you know, in their space saying this, this is something that, that I need to do because people need to hear what I have to say. It's not about, I want people to hear me. And I think that's, to me, that's an important piece. It's like, mm -hmm. don't, don't become another podcast just because you want attention. Be become a podcast, you know, do a podcast because you want to serve somebody. Be you know, create content that will help someone do something that's meaningful. Mm -hmm. And is is worth their time like to me that's the goal of every episode i make of this is that can i justify asking for a half an hour of someone's time yeah. to listen to what content we're putting together for this episode and and will it matter to them will there be a potential of, of improving their life in some small way by having mm -hmm. listened to it and if we can get to that point with the content that's out there then the, then it's worthwhile. And then you can talk about some of the exciting things around, okay, how do we create not just worthwhile content, but how do we create a podcast with legs that's that will grow and that will have a, a listenership in line with what that the potential of that the podcast is. So how how do we do this when there's approximately about as many podcasts out there now as people it seems <laughs> it's actually i'm gonna i'm gonna just stop you there so the perception is that suddenly everyone's podcasting mm -hmm. the numbers don't actually say that so yeah. just to give the bit of a heads up worldwide ever produced there are about four million podcasts in apple which is the main distributor still. Spotify is giving them a bit of run for their money, but Apple is still the main place. They have 2.7 million podcasts live at the moment. But a lot of those podcasts haven't been added to for a few years or did just one or two episodes and then they're still out there, but they're not doing anything. Yep. Yep. People who are producing regular content, which means on a at least one episode a month, there's only a million of them. When you compare that to something like 610 million blogs and you compare that to 38 million YouTube channels, suddenly the 1 million who are actually podcasting and then you break it down into language, category, niche, uh, suddenly there's, there's not that much competition. Nice. I like it. See, that was, that was <laughs> so, an example of a question that I kind of knew the answer to already, but I didn't have all the details. And so thank you for taking and clarifying that because I do think that perception is out there that, oh, everybody has a podcast. That's not really true. There is plenty of space for your voice to be heard. Yeah, not yet. And you're still serving a niche audience regardless. And actually 30% of the population are auditory learners. 30% of the population have a preference for learning through audio. Mm -hmm. 
So audiobooks, we're going to see massively rise as well over the next 12 months. Spotify have just bought a company that's going to rival Audible. Uh, so there's, that's going to be an interesting shift uh-huh. as we go on. And we help people to do that as well, to do their audiobook version of their books. The question, though, about how do you reach that audience, there are two, two parts to this. So the first is how you launch your show right from the word go or a subsequent season. You've got to do the legwork like you would for any product launch in your business. Okay, this really matters. So today we've launched my podcast today. I've not stopped today. I've literally been doing live delivery all day long and I will be messaging people doing lives all evening. We've it's not going to stop all week. Mm. Um, but that's why we're getting results. And because we're climbing the charts in the way that we are, the algorithms in those hosts will think, well, she's popular. That shows a good one. We'll throw more audience that way. And it will show my mm. podcast in more categories and as different browse options. So then you start to get organic reach as well. The second part of that is what happens post-launch? And this is where a lot of podcasters maybe started six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, and maybe didn't really understand how to use the podcast for their show in the, for their business in the first place. Maybe there were a few bits. They were so passionate, so enthused. They love doing it, but they don't really know how to make it better or to get better results. And that really is about starting to understand the three people who listen to your content. And that is about what each of them need. And they tend to be the lurker. So the lurker, the listener, and the raving fan. And each three of those need something different from you and your content. So you've got to always be thinking in what you put out there. Is this, is this attracting or repelling that lurker? And actually both are good things. If you can get the lurkers to become listeners... And then your listeners are the ones who tune in from time to time. They are the ones who are occasional listeners. They quite like you, but they're sort of on the fence, 50-50. They could listen to your show or five others of a similar nature. How do you get the listeners to become that raving fan? Because the raving fan not only becomes your client, but they advocate for you. They will go out and promote your show without you having to do the work. So the key really is giving the listener... And the, and the raving fan reasons to keep coming back. And we're going to see, I think, a lot of changes in some of the, the guest interview shows over the next two to three years in order to try and capture what's becoming a very competitive field. Right. Well, and I feel like the, even with this podcast, right, the, the, Guest is the star of this show. I try to play a role of the listener and the audience that I want them to live vicariously through this conversation that I'm able to Mm -hmm. have, right? And that I'm able to be their voice and as if they're listening to it themselves. But that's a very common format for a show. And and I have the the focus on data and, and leadership and we'll we'll certainly talk about some of the the data in a minute. But I, I think about that. It's like, okay, well, this is the show that I want. Like I've I've only been do, I've been doing this a little over a year, but we've got 60 some episodes and and I feel like I know what it is that I want to be creating, but I don't always know like how do I make this as you know 
successful, I guess, is a word, but I just want to reach as many people as could benefit mm -hmm. from this, right? And so yeah, of what kinds of things does a show like this do to reach another level? So I think you've got to look at what does success mean for you? Is it about doubling those downloads no matter what? Or is it about getting more of those raving fans who absolutely hang on your every word, will buy whatever you mention, who go out and share your show? Because you get, again, you have to go back to that. What What is the purpose of your show? Why are you doing it? How So... A lot of people really focus in podcasting on those download metrics, and it's actually truthfully not the most important thing. I think that there are ways you can always be looking to improve your content. You, there are ways that you can be more crucially mm, ensuring that those raving fans feel that they know you, that they're part of the show, that they're included in the show. And I think we're going to see much more segmentation within guest podcast interviews where the audience are feeling much more part of what's going on. Some of that's going to come down to technologies that are going to allow guests to kind of be a little bit more part of things. Um, but other, but I think it's also going to come down to more hosts asking the question that you're asking. How do we, how do we make this more successful and actually for most people the success yes they want to reach people but they actually also want to have that feeling and that feedback that their show is making a difference and often that comes from the connection with the raving fans well and that's that's i think one of the hardest things is that the directional flow of information i feel like i'm putting all this stuff out there i'm aware that there are listeners and and audience out there but i haven't yet created a a feedback loop i haven't really right. understood how do i hear how do i even know from a data know. perspective or otherwise who are the listeners who are the raving fans what, what do you do to, to understand that scenario so this this is one of the challenges with podcasting is that it's very hard to actually have the data a lot of the data is a bit foggy and publicly you can't find out anyone else's download numbers. So you never quite know, where do I sit in the market? Where am I? The only benchmark we have at the moment is about, in listennotes.com, they have now created the any, any show that is 10% or above, they tell you what ranking you are. So you can kind of get a general idea of where you sit in the marketplace, but it's still not specific. I think crucially, it's more important if you have a business community or community of listeners that you build that and that they feel that they know you. And I think it's more important about how you're bringing people to your email list or how many people are wanting to work with you afterwards or opening doors for you somewhere afterwards. And the, the interesting thing there, Anthony, is it's not challenging when you realize how important these, these listeners are. They're out there listening to us right now. Hello, you raving fans of this show. <laughs> It's not hard to ask them. And one of the reasons podcasts are so popular and one of the reasons that we're seeing some of the big companies like Spotify and Amazon and Audible coming into the, pod in, into the podcasting space is because the hosts of, of shows, small and large, are so influential. So I always talk about it as being an audio influencer. Things that you are mentioning on this show, there are people out there taking action on. 
But how often have you invited them to really genuinely get in touch with you about a specific thing for a specific reason? And if you don't open those doors up for people, then they don't necessarily know the door is there. It, so it, it, that's you guys a great listening, point. he wants to hear from you. Let him know <laughs> that you love the show. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And and I know that, but have I ever actually said that to the listeners out there? Right. And it actually, it, it it's something that, while, and this may be a little bit of a tangent from the topic at hand, which I don't mm-hmm. want to lose, but I think that there's something to, you know, the reason why I don't go and ask them to come back and and communicate with me or, or ask the questions or, or sound off on the topic or, or what have you is that I don't know if it's really that relevant to them, even though I have like okay. the occasional person who does reach out. I'm like, is it is this just another manifestation of something like imposter syndrome where you're like, hey, I think this is valuable, but I'm, I don't want to impose like there's a part of me who just never wants to impose okay. and say, hey, please come back and, and talk to me because I really want to understand how I can make this even even better and more useful. For so if people are already giving you half an hour of their time once a week. Some people maybe once a month. You're already valuable to them. You're just not allowing them to come into your world. And this is where I think shows that can work really, really well and shows that aren't aren't quite, they're great and they're giving great value, but they're not opening the door to other things for both themselves and the listener. I think that's one one of the differences. And I think about shows that I listen to um, where that I know that they call other people out or they mention their businesses. Well, why wouldn't I want a mention on someone else's media channel? You're a media channel. You're not just a podcast. You're a media channel. And particularly if you're doing a podcast that's anything to do with business, why wouldn't you want to have more connection with that? But very often it comes down to not fully understanding how to take a listener into your world and what, and again, I keep coming back to this, what the purpose of your show is for those three things, your business, you personally, and the listener. And what's cu- what makes me curious about what you've said, I, I'm watching, I'm watching your face as well, as I'm kind of saying, I can see some light bulbs kind of hitting home. That whilst you don't want to put on people by asking them for feedback, how much more confidence would you get if you had more of that feedback, if you had that validation, if you had other people's insights into how your material is changing their life, because it will be. And that can give well, you so uh, much more confidence to go on and be more confident with it um, and be more daring with your content as well. Yeah, I think that's a, it's, it's a great point. And it's... I think that's part of the the challenge as a person who's, I mean, the business is about this and, and the podcast is about, it's all about the data, right? It's all about the um, understanding that we use data constantly to mm-hmm. improve our organizations. And we think about the numbers and the analytics and, and what have you. And to your point, I kind of, I kind of smile when I, when I thought mm-hmm. about just how little actual data we get on where are people listening or how many people are listening and like our downloads really listens. I'm not entirely sure. And how long were they actually listening? And you can just spiral and think of, okay, I don't know if the data is telling me enough of this. And, and I think one of the, the challenges that data leaders often 
come into is this over-reliance on the quantitative side of things. And even when the quantitative side of things is is lacking, they we may, as humans, have a tendency to just fill in the details in our minds however we want to. But there's all this qualitative side information out there. Like we mentioned earlier in the show, if one person comes up to you and says, hey, your podcast changed something meaningful for me, like one person, you have thousands, millions of people listening to your shows. And if you have that one person who says that to you personally, how much weight does that carry? That's huge. That will yeah. make your day. Yeah, and sure. that is so important to to find avenues to do that and find ways where you can give even more to that community of those raving fans of how do I help you with everything yes. I've got? And how do so I give you that you content that, that will feedback. make that difference over and over? The more you get that feedback of precisely what it was they wanted, needed, and got means that you can mm -hmm. then alter future content to provide for that. Now, when, when you talk about the data, this is one bit of data we do have inside behind the scenes in podcasts. We can't always know where people have listened and, and that kind of thing, depending on what platform your show is hosted on. But you can often see which has been your most popular episode or, mm -hmm. or your most recent popular ones. And I'm going to just use an example of a client we had recently where her show was about coaching women to make more money. Okay, so that's the premise of the show. Mm -hmm. About six months in, she decided to do a mini series on her health. Very interesting. The people already in her world who knew her quite well loved it. Was she attracting new audience figures? No. But then after that, we said to her, look, we want you to do a similar episode about your health, but title it differently. Title it so it still speaks to that money need because that's what's attracting people to your show and that's what you're selling. So should we, then did, we then played a little bit with those titles. So, for example, how I made £60,000 or dollars by managing my energy okay so same health content different hook and the numbers were so much higher so this is really interesting you've got to be aware of why your listeners are listening and make sure you're serving that and then you've got to go back through the data and see where where are they listening and also look at where in the show they are switching off if your show's too long, they're going to switch off. And you might start to see a pattern of, uh, you know, 22 minutes into an episode, most people are leaving. So what does that tell you? That tells you your show needs to be shorter. Right. Um, and also it tells you, well, if all my call to actions to come and contact me are in the final, eight, you know, 90% of the show, just before I wrap up, well, if most people have left by the 75% mark, no one is hearing your call to action. So you've got to be a bit more savvy about what's going on. Um, and you, you always be looking at that stuff. What do people respond to and how can I improve that? And, and I will just note for all of you out there who are like, I am not going to create a podcast. I don't want to. These lessons don't apply to just podcasts. <laughs> like what we're hearing here, there are a lot of relevant takeaways. And I can think of a bunch of areas in sales and in business where this matters. And if you think like 
this is not wholly unique to the audio side of things. This is true on your website. This is true in the way you're connecting with clients out in the world. Like whatever your business is, I think there's lessons to be learned here. And that's and it's fascinating to see that this happens to be your area of expertise. We happen to be on a podcast right now, which is mm -hmm. is um you know, particularly interesting to me personally, but I hope that everyone out there is, is recognizing that these lessons can can definitely be applied to other areas. I have one other question for you, mm -hmm. um, because like with my show, we cross um, produce and do this on YouTube with live video. And, and I think my hypothesis has been that people really like to see who the guest is and see, and I'm a very animated person when I'm talking and stuff. So <laughs> I want people to be able to see that connection, but it also takes a lot of work. How important do you think that is? Although I will say I probably get more viewership on YouTube and more stickiness with that viewership than I do in the audio side. So is it something where it varies from podcast to podcast, or do you think that these are really separate mediums and they should be approached entirely separately? Both. <laughs> we actually <laughs> often live stream interviews that we do so that it hits YouTube, my Facebook profiles, my LinkedIn. But I always think about the podcast first because the podcast audio, for the main part, is going to get you wider global reach. And the podcast content is likely to serve your business for longer than the YouTube videos. Okay. Sure. The other thing is I go back to the fact that at the moment, 30% of the population across the world are auditory listeners. So your audio is reaching parts that the video can't. And there's some interesting technology developments that I think are going to really affect video content. And that is the development of VR. So as VR excels and we know it's coming, people cannot be watching YouTube because they're in a virtual reality world but they may well have Spotify playing in the background. Okay, so audio will still be prevalent, but video, that's going to have to adapt in some way because virtual reality is coming. You can't ignore that. So I can't remember what your question was. I went off on a tangent. <laughs> no, I think that, I think you answered it because it's around the relevancy of, of the video side of mm -hmm. these conversations. And actually, I mean, this is a great area that I would love to have some audience feedback on is that do you prefer to the podcast audio or do you watch on YouTube for a reason that I may not have articulated in this conversation? Because my hypothesis was that, well, maybe people will come to the YouTube uh, video for an episode or something. They'll get introduced to it. They'll see how this whole thing interacts. But for most of the content, they'll go and listen to it on, on their podcast app or, or what have you. But I want to keep putting that YouTube out there almost just as an advertisement of what the, the audio is. But I'm thinking, well, perhaps if we did live streams when these are actually recorded, mm -hmm. because like otherwise I'm recording these and, you know, weeks in advance a lot of the time and, and queuing them up for release on the on the regular schedule for the podcast. Would it be nice? Would you be preferred to have that live stream available even in a raw state than our, our YouTube videos typically are versus having the continued um, YouTube video? I'm happy to change the format to whatever people will like and use and, and want to consume with um, because that's what matters. I would to say me, it's is, worth is testing. I would say it's worth testing. So we live stream quite a yeah. few of my interviews, but I'm not consciously building a YouTube platform. Later mm -hmm. this year, we will be, and a lot of the 
formal video YouTube content will be very polished video. So you, again, it comes back to where are you building your audience for what purpose uh, and how, what's the best way for you to do that? And that's going to be different for everybody. And, and I'm, I'm cognizant that this, this conversation has gone by so fast and we're, we're <laughs> running out of time. Um, do you have a few tips that for folks that are out there creating their own podcast or starting to, to launch something or in the process of launching something, do you have a few bits of advice of, of just some things that are accessible for the you know, podcast producer that is doing this as a hobby or just trying to, to get into this, even though this won't be fundamental necessarily to their uh, career so, or their business, how do you get this going and, and try to make it as successful as possible? I would absolutely say there are many things you're doing with your show that you don't realize that you haven't done. Okay. Mm. Um, and I've learned those the hard way because I didn't know first time round. And every single show that I look at, particularly if they've been going for a year or so and they've never worked with anybody, there are some very obvious things that if they tweak them, their show would be so much better and they'd get better results. So all of those are in my book, Podcast with Impact, or on my new podcast, Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. So the content is all out there. It's often the behind the scene tweaks that you don't realize that can really help fix things. Um, the other thing is we've just opened up a podcast growth accelerator because I think a lot of people have these questions. It's more than just going, you, you want someone to talk to about it. What do we do? How do we make this different? And um, it can be quite a lonely journey as a podcaster as well it, because sure. you're, you're often doing it on your own. You not, might not know anyone else in your field who's really podcasting and how how do you grow the audience off the back of that and so I wanted to make sure we brought people together to have those conversations and to learn and grow and encourage each other to accelerate their results basically. I think that it, it's clear why you've been so successful doing this and I can't wait I have not yet read the book but I am definitely going to pick up a copy and, and read it myself um, and and I definitely feel like what you're doing and how you're helping so many people who are helping others how you're reaching so many people through the content you're creating directly I mean it's just it's wonderful to see that success I'm so happy for you in that success yeah. and and I really appreciate you taking the time to share some of that with us uh, today on the show I, I thank you so much for being uh, I've genuinely amazing. enjoyed today. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. And thank you all for joining us today. As always, you'll find more information about our guests and links in the show notes. Go to dataleadershiplessons.com to subscribe and check out past episodes and accelerate your journey with training at dataleadershiptraining.com. Stay safe during these unusual times and go make an impact. 